Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. Just before we share today's episode, I want to ask you to sign up to the Let's Talk Loyalty email newsletter. Our email newsletter is by far the best way for us to keep you up to date with all of the latest incredible loyalty stories we're sharing each week. It's also the easiest place for you to find our show notes with links to everything mentioned in all of the episodes. You can sign up at letstalkloyalty.com. So, Phil Rubin, welcome back to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you very much, Paula. It is fabulous to be back with you. Fantastic. We're here to make uh, a big announcement about uh, you working much more closely with us on the show and um, absolutely thrilled about what we're going to be doing together. But before we get into uh, the big reveal, as you know, we always start our episodes uh, asking our guests about their favorite loyalty programs. So, Phil Rubin, please do tell us what is your current favorite loyalty program? Well, you know, this is one of the hardest questions to answer whether it's clients or you or anybody else asking the question. And really, for me, it's pretty simple. Uh, and it's Delta Airlines Sky Miles for a number of reasons, not the least of which is the fact that other than the first airline that I worked for, it was really the first major loyalty program that I was involved with launching back in 1995, just to date myself a little bit. <laughs> but what 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 SkyMiles has done it, 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 are a few things that I think are exemplified sort of the best of what loyalty marketing can be, not just a loyalty program. Yeah. And and that is number one, it's it's shown that the great examples of loyalty marketing don't launch overnight. They take time to evolve. Yeah, for sure. If you think about what we're at 2023, so April 195 or May 195 was the original launch date of SkyMiles. My goodness. So, so yeah. you know, more than a, a quarter of a century yeah. it's been around. It's evolved over time. We we added in, you know, we, we were part of the team that came up with the idea of yield-based qualification, which was an the earliest tie and this is why i think it's such a great example for delta especially is it's a great example of the loyalty strategy reflecting and being intricately tied to the business strategy mm -hmm. and it does so to a degree of not it delivers basically Delta wanted to focus on high yield passengers mm -hmm. and the program over time has been attuned to that. Mm -hmm. It says, look, if you're going to do all the things that are going to give you the best of Delta, mm. we're going to make sure that that is consistent and rises up to your level of expectations. Mm. And in doing so in recognizing yield and profitability of customers, mm. That drives Delta's business and allows them to do things like they just announced at, I think, officially at CES a couple of weeks ago that Wi-Fi is going to be free on all wow. flights. Wow. 
and it, they can do that because they've got the business aligned to deliver that kind of customer experience because they mm. recognize profitable passengers. And of course, loyalty, the emotional state of loyalty means people are willing to pay a premium for a better experience. Yeah. Wow. Or go out of their way or take a connection instead of a nonstop, depending on what market you live in. So that's why it's probably too much, yeah. too much about Delta. But I think <laughs> it's really important today because yeah. you see so many changes in the marketplace and so many pro you see programs exiting. Best Buy mm-hmm. just announced they were exiting their their accrual and rewards part of their loyalty strategy for non-tender customers, which means if you don't have a Best Buy credit card, you're not going to earn any rewards. You're going to get free shipping, Yeah, which is, which is table stakes. That's a big deal. And I think ought to be addressed by the loyalty industry because mm. while there wasn't a full explanation, mm. clearly something wasn't working there for Best Buy. Yeah. My goodness. Well, I mean, Delta for sure. I I absolutely love that strategy. First of all, that you were there 25 years ago when they started. So congrats on being part of the creation of something that's truly groundbreaking. Um, I haven't looked enough at the Sky Miles program, but we'll definitely have to to try and think about getting them on the show at some point, uh, maybe this year, if we're lucky. Um, so, but, but what I was hearing is I love that alignment of true customer focus and your example of making Wi-Fi free on board. To be honest, is something I'm really surprised that airlines in the Middle East haven't done because it is an absolute game changer. And I know even back in Ireland, um, for example, Irish Rail um, took that exact same strategy, now competing with people driving between the big cities, but they really realized that if they want people who are going to business meetings around the country to choose to travel by rail instead of being on the road, Wi-Fi was actually a decision-making strategy. So I absolutely love that. And I know it's not our traditional points and prizes that we talk about in terms of structured loyalty programs, but actually this show is about creating loyal behavior and loyal emotions. So you're absolutely right. So a great way to start the show. Thank you for bringing uh, the latest Delta news to my attention. And that's why I asked that question. It really gives me an insight into what's happening in the industry. So I guess the big announcement today, Phil, is that you are coming on board as a guest host for Let's Talk Loyalty. And I'm absolutely thrilled There's a lot of reasons from my side that I wanted you to take on some, I suppose, some supportive role, um, given you've been supporting me behind the scenes already for quite a long time and giving me a lot of guidance and insights in terms of your your perspective in terms of what's happening, particularly in the U.S. loyalty industry. So I think I saw on your LinkedIn profile over 30 years, actually, in total, you've been working here uh, across what wonderful brands, uh, giving insights. And I suppose you're really seen as a global leader uh, for the industry. So tell me, why did you want to be a host on the show, Phil? I think it's absolutely extraordinary that you're going to do this with us. Well, thanks, Paul, and I'm really uh, grateful to have the chance to uh, to to help. Let's talk loyalty, and really, you know, for me, the motivation is uh, obviously having spent thirty plus years in doing this kind of work. 
I'm, I'm kind of into it, right? Um, <laughs> totally. Understatement under, of the day. Understatement, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, as, as we look at where loyalty is in 2023, and, you know, we're in the fifth decade mm-hmm. of modern loyalty marketing. Yeah. Uh, number one, and I think you'll appreciate this, I think loyalty stuck. There's a big opportunity yeah. to make it significantly more impactful, more integral to business mm-hmm. and not just to marketing. Yeah. And that's a function of a couple of different things. But more importantly, you see sort of the divergence between Delta Airlines and what they do with Sky Miles as an example, mm-hmm. where it's a real strategic pillar of the business. Yeah. And Best Buy, where it's really not. Mm-hmm. And yet there's a lot of great examples of loyalty marketing being incredibly effective in retail. And I use those just as polarizing data points to mm. illustrate the fact that loyalty's rather stuck mm-hmm. after you know 40 X years. Yeah. And there's an opportunity because of changes in technology, because in changes of yeah. data and regulation and the expectation and the trust that people have in mm. the private sector relative to the public sector. Edelman just released its latest trust barometer, which says this is continuing to be uh, evidenced by the data that they collect. Mm. It sets up what I think could be the opportunity for real renaissance and loyalty. Okay. And so what I'm hoping to do much like what you're doing and 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 others is driving conversations with people who are able to reflect and adapt and innovate mm. what loyalty and loyalty marketing and loyalty as a business strategy is going to be able to do yeah going forward and at the end of the day and I'm really excited about who we're going to have for for our first guest mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And, and a client said this to me years ago, if the answer is not money, you need to rephrase the question. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> if loyalty is not driving profitable growth for the business. Yeah. Then it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And the more we can, we can as an industry, number one, maintain that focus Number two, elevate loyalty. And and I really do think loyalty is sort of emerging from what I always used to think of it being a, a sort of the ghetto of marketing. Totally. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of interest in yeah. loyalty these days from all kinds of places, from, from consumer media mm-hmm. to the investment community. And, yeah. and that's a that's a global phenomenon. And it hasn't reached this level of interest. Yeah. that I've seen ever. But at the same time, there's way too many people and things uh, and brands yeah. doing the same things and expecting different results, which of course yeah. reflects the definition of insanity. So I think we have an opportunity yeah. through some of these conversations to hopefully demonstrate the ability to innovate, to get people thinking differently and uh, about loyalty and also to help really help others better understand Mm. the possibilities 
when you really step back and and look at what's happening, what's what's worked, what hasn't worked, yeah, and where there are, there are areas that are just underdeveloped, yeah, to to better link customers in the business, which seems like such an obvious thing, yeah, but it's like maybe it's not at Best Buy. Mm. So, so what does that mean for all the other brands in the world? Yeah. Some of which are doing amazing things. Mm. So we want to like, like what you do and, yeah. and Tom and others, like, let, let's tell the, let's tell these stories and let's talk to people who are really doing yeah. cutting edge work. And, and that's, that's yeah. how we're going to get started. So it's going to be really fun. Oh, it definitely will, Phil. I'm already super excited. And and you know, I suppose the two words that I use to describe this show are always education and inspiration. And for me, the fact that you do have this thought leadership positioning, that you're much more used to C-level conversations, I would say, than I am in terms of justifying, defending and inspiring senior leaders about loyalty. Like to me, you're going to be totally able to elevate the conversation to that idea about loyalty being integral to the business. Because I think you're absolutely right. Loyalty is stuck both in its execution, but also in terms of its perception for many people. So I always had this issue. I always felt I was defending a program. I couldn't quite articulate or prove if it was working. And it does need people who have your kind of skill set to be able to inspire them to go, actually, if you do it right, it is going to drive growth. And as you said, if the answer is money, we're all happy. Super fun. (laughs) Well, when I did my undergrad, I majored in finance. So yeah. Uh, you know, it certainly helps to be able to speak that language, especially to CEOs and yeah. CFOs, right? Because what does the CEO do yeah. when, you know, you make a pitch to the CEO, they turn their head yeah. to the CFO and look at their response and yeah. see what she or he says. And and that yeah. that's a big barometer of, of how things are going to go yeah. in terms of that decision making. So For sure. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. So uh, I'll ask you in a second then about your plan um, for the year ahead. So essentially what we've decided is you're going to focus on six episodes uh, starting this month. So February through for the next six months. I think that brings us to August. I haven't counted. Um But first and foremost, I know you're doing incredible work behind the scenes and we're not going to, I suppose, give it all away today in terms of who you're planning to bring on with the exception of next week's episode. But I guess for people listening, I just wanted to give a bit more context as well in terms of my thinking. So, you know, for me, of course, we're producing three shows a week. Let's Talk Loyalty, I really believe, has become a much bigger brand than Paula Thomas which is exactly what I had always hoped. So, you know, our Tuesday show is designed for people who are very short on time. It's hosted by Tom Peace out of the UK. And he takes that summary episode from before and really brings the key points through. And that gets wonderful audience and that's working really well. 
And then, of course, Phil, you're part of our guest hosts, which is now pretty much every Wednesday. So throughout 2023, I really think we're going to be embodying what our friends in the Wise Marketeer always say, the global voice of loyalty. So I always like to borrow that a little bit and say that we're actually the global voices of loyalty because we've got you in the US. We've obviously got Amanda Cromhout in South Africa and we have Tom Peace in the UK. And we have one more coming up very soon to be announced. So for me, there is so much more perspective, insight and expertise that's coming through working with you and, as I said, our other guest hosts on the show. But I also wanted to reassure people that I'm not going anywhere. So every Thursday will still be the Paula show. So I will still be, you know, working super hard to make sure we can get the best brands possible. And I'll still be releasing that episode. But to me, Let's Talk Loyalty is actually now a platform to talk about loyalty, you know, in every possible country and in lots of different ways. So I'm enjoying the expansion. I think every business needs to grow. So again, super happy that you're going to be part of that, Phil. Well, me too. And I think to your point, it's a big world. And as much as, and I want to be mindful of not being that American saying this, (laughs) but we were actually looking at the, I was in a meeting yesterday and we were looking at the data and the US represents, you know, 40-ish, so, you know, 40, 45% of the market yeah. for loyalty, right? Amazing. And, yeah. and we have a lot of competition. You, you know, we just, just the size and scale of the economy lends itself <clears throat> to a significant amount of loyalty work and loyalty opportunities. So yeah, we won't be too US centric because I think there are a lot of global brands and that is that's a whole topic in and of itself is how do you create yeah. the right kind of customer experience and customer value proposition that resonates across oceans and time zones and cultures and currencies and, and all those things. Um, but it, it it is exciting. And, and there's certainly a lot of people uh, that want to talk about things that they're passionate about in terms of contributing to the growth of the industry. And yeah. and 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 as you said you know, helping people better understand loyalty and help inspire yeah. people to think differently and be innovative yeah. because those are th- that combination of education and sort of tenacity and commitment to innovation is yeah. really what's going to unlock huge amounts of value for everybody. Of course. And, and so to be part of those, you know, helping to, to, you know, take part in these conversations with people who sort of share these ideas and commitments, yeah. uh, to this kind of work is 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 a is is a huge a huge opportunity and and well you know try not to 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 screw up a good thing here, Paul. <laughs> well, I know you're a keynote speaker, Phil, and as I said, you've um, definitely given me plenty of confidence with all of your um, advice behind the scenes, and you've been a guest on the show as well, Phil. And I think you know that that actually also creates, you know, a wonderful global network for you as a guest. You know, so lots of people once they've been on this show find that they start having conversations with different peers around the world about maybe similar issues. So Similar industries. So I have no doubt that the guests that you're
you're going to bring on will also benefit from that profile and perspective and build their personal brands as well. Because to me, that's super important that people who are spending time being guests on the show actually get something, you know, in terms of their personal brand profile as a result. So I'm um, super excited. So why don't you tell us who's coming up next week, Phil, as your first guest? So my first guest is uh, is is somebody whose work I've, uh, and 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 by extension the work of of his his business partner and really his his mentor uh, have have been in my mind especially from the academic world yeah. really inspiring and also very validating. Totally. Uh, so it's Dan McCarthy who is a professor at the Emory Business School yeah. based in Atlanta. And uh, Dan's work and a lot of his work with Peter Fader from Wharton have really been, I think, some of the best focused work on the connection between brands and customers and driving, you know, creating business value. And Dan in particular is very focused on using, using what I, what I would describe as using the customer as the denominator for measuring business performance. So things like, customer lifetime value and customer-based enterprise valuation yeah. and things that really pay homage to what Peter Drucker said so long ago about the biz- the purpose of a business is to create a customer, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and Dan's doing some phenomenal work yeah. uh, at new work in a couple of different areas relating to the last few years and, and sort of the impact of COVID and how do you, how do you adjust, yeah. you know, recalibrate expectations when you're looking back at a few years that were such an anomaly, yeah. number one, but mm. also just the, the value in looking at the business with the, again, with the customers, the denominator to be able to create better insights, not just looking back, mm. but now looking forward and forecasting. So, yeah. uh, Dan's always great to talk with and, um, you know, he, yeah. He's 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 uh, obviously doing a lot of academic research and yeah. publishing as part of his role at Emory. But Dan and Peter also mm. work, do work in the private sector, yeah, uh, and have done a lot. I've had a lot of success doing that. And yeah, you know the the beauty of of what we the, this work this loyalty work is because it is measurable. Yeah, it uh, the contribution to creating enterprise value yeah for stockholders but also broader more broadly for stakeholders which is another area i'm really interested in yeah is something that marketers as a whole need to better understand they need to be able to do math yeah they need to be able to have those conversations with the ceo and ultimately to the investment community that says look we're creating profitable growth through our customers not through some other means yeah. And in a world where you can't just automate your digital advertising and push buttons like those buttons anymore to drive business performance, yeah, the the value of zero and first party data and being able to measure that and yeah. support that, yeah, with financial proper financial metrics is yeah. is I think a foundational for yeah. the future of loyalty marketing. For sure, 
Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, Phil. Dan's perspective is absolutely essential, I think, for the world of loyalty, both because he's providing those mathematical models, which certainly I've never had. um, But also, I think what he's reflecting back is that interest from the investor community. And it's one thing for us to have internal pressures to prove the value of our loyalty programs, I think, to our our senior leaders. But I think it's totally different for that C-suite to be able to also prove it to their investors. So I think Dan is giving us the tools to do that. So I know you guys are going to have an amazing conversation and uh, looking forward to publishing that to the Let's Talk Loyalty audience next week. And yeah, making sure that we're all super clear in terms of, as you said, the even more respected role of loyalty in our organization. So I think all our careers are safe um, for the, the months and years to come. And yeah, I guess I just want to end by saying again, a huge thank you, Phil, for everything you've done for me personally, in terms of believing in the show and for being a part of it, and now really taking this leadership role and uh, becoming a host for us. So with that said, have you any final kind of parting words for today, Phil? Only uh, can't wait to record with Dan and uh, and and get things going and and help contribute to 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 all this great work that you've done and 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 led the way with. So uh, thanks again for the opportunity, Paul. Fantastic. So Phil Rubin, founder and principal of Grace Space Matters. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thanks, Paula. This show is brought to you by the Australian Loyalty Association the leading organization for loyalty professionals in Asia-Pacific. Visit their news and content hub for the latest loyalty insights from around the world. Or why not submit your own article for publication? For more information on their loyalty services and networking opportunities, visit AustralianLoyaltyAssociation.com. so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like us to send you the latest shows each week, simply sign up for the Let's Talk Loyalty newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and we'll send our best episodes straight to your inbox. And don't forget that you can follow Let's Talk Loyalty on any of your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, we'd love for you to share your feedback and reviews. Thanks again for supporting the show.